It's now time for Team Talk on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. 1017 The Team is your home for New Mexico United, the Dallas Cowboys, LA Dodgers, and much more. Now, Team Talk on 1017 The Team. Kennard, the former Duke Blue Devil, now in his seventh year in the NBA. From the right block, Edwards, oh my goodness! Check it out on SportsCenter tonight. He lobbed it to himself off the window and dunked it home. Oh my goodness, what a spectacular play for the 22-year-old. And that was spectacular. Of course, Minnesota took care of the Grizz, but that was the highlight of the game. And uh, this is Team Talk, by the way. We're here live from Legend Sportsbook inside Santa Ana Star Casino Hotel. Uh, come by, say hello. It's uh, a going to be a phenomenal weekend in sports, and we'll get you all the latest numbers and whatnot. Uh, we're here till six o'clock, and then uh, we're going to join the Celtics and Nuggets in progress, and uh, we'll take you that to that at six o'clock. So anyway. Uh, in the meantime, though, we got Ryan Hines, uh, the director of gaming operations. He always does his Rhino's best bets. Uh, he'll join us at 4:45. At 5:30, Carson Field uh, with the Colorado Springs Gazette will give us a little bit of a scouting report on the Air Force Falcons. The Lobos travel to Air Force. We've kind of got an early number on that game. It's not available yet here at Legend Sportsbook, but we have a pretty good idea of what we think that point spread and that total will be. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, so, so the whole Anthony Edwards thing like sparked this whole little topic tree for you where uh, you found out that he was at Georgia. Lo and behold, the current Air Force coach, uh, Joe Scott, was at Georgia when he was there. So tie all this stuff together for me. Well, Sam. that's exactly it. I, I I just look at Joe Scott and assume he's been at Air Force for 30 years, and it was about that long ago that he was there the first time, and maybe not that long, but hey, he's only been the head coach the second time around since 2020. Time is a time. Time does not exist. Not, none of this makes sense in the pre-post COVID world. But yeah, he would have coached Anthony Edwards at Georgia. Yeah, a Georgia basketball player, not Georgia football. Georgia basketball player, the number one pick in the draft, and he would have played for for Joe Scott at Georgia. Yeah, and I'm trying to think who the head coach of Georgia was at the time. I think it was I Tom it Crean. Was Tom Crean. I was going to say, Mark Fox was there for a while before he went to Cal. Uh, and then Tom Crean, uh, a guy that at some point was a candidate for a Lobo job at some point. But anyway, so Joe Scott was with him, but you're absolutely right. I mean, like he's been there ever kind of since you've been around. So you assume that he'd been here like uh, a long time, even though you kind of knew his, his career had broken up. I mean, yeah, there would uh, have the, been a the, different Air Force coach when I first got here. It wouldn't even been Joe Scott. It would not. It would be uh, the coach of the 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 assistant uh, on the Lobos. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Coach Pilipovich. Yeah, good. Yes, yeah, good call. Good call, Coach Pilipovich. Right, but I'm going to go way back, dude. I'm going to go back to 2000 uh, to 2004 when Joe Scott was this uh, this like grinder who came to Air Force and uh, went with the system that was he ran as a guard at Princeton for uh, the legendary Princeton coach. Um, oh my gosh, uh, I can't think of his name. I should have had that written down. A anyway, so he played at Princeton. He took that concept to Air Force, and he got uh, you know beat pretty bad uh, for a number of years. 
And then the next thing you know is 2003, 2004. He goes 22 and 7. Uh, they get into the tournament. They have to face North Carolina, Tar Heels versus Air Force. Everybody was like, what is going on here with Air Force getting in? And anyway, they lost that game 63 to 52. Uh, then Joe Scott went back to his alma mater at Princeton. Uh, he actually came in to Princeton after. Find out who the coach uh, at Princeton during the years that we're talking about this. Uh, like, like Princeton, um, 19, he was there for like 30 years. Uh, the reason is, is because after him came John Thompson, the third, who went on to Georgetown and was there for a long time. You know, obviously the son of the immortal John Thompson. So who was the guy that was the head coach? There was a moment where Princeton beat, uh, like, uh, and it had an NCAA win where he was like on the, uh, the court crying. Uh, who am I talking about, Sam? Uh, I will. I will try to find that for you. Okay. Okay. I'm done. Sorry about that. Okay. So anyway, uh, Joe Scott attached to him at the hip for sure. Uh, then spent some time at the University of Denver, which was in the whack, and now he's back at Air Force. And uh, right now, not so great. Uh, they, you know, if you're trying to find a silver lining for Air Force, uh, it's the fact that they've played their last two games like down to the wire. Uh, didn't win either one. Uh, their overall record is seven and nine. They've lost all four Mountain West games. Uh, they uh, they got uh, Utah State um, really handled them. Right, you know, they're, we laughed about this on the show because like Air Force is like, all right, you know, this is the time where things come together and the conference starts. Well, their first game was at home uh, to Utah State, got beat 28. Then they lost by 13 at Nevada. But these last two games, um, one at home against San Jose State, another uh, cellar-dweller team, we know that. They uh, lose by three and um, with a great comeback to lose by three. And then it's, uh, at Colorado State, overtime game in which they – Kind of blew the game, uh, like it is where San Jose State they had to scratch to try to get back in. I mean, um, people that like you know the the Air, the Colorado State game was one that was a real scare to the Rams. So anyway, team talk live as we are every Friday afternoon uh, afternoon at Legend Sportsbook inside Santa Ana Star Casino Hotel. Come out and enjoy all of the amenities uh, that this beautiful property affords you because they've got 200 uh, suites at the uh, uh, Santa Ana Star Casino Hotel. Uh, They also have top-notch food. Um, Come and uh, check out Juniper Steakhouse. They have these sizzling steaks and fresh seafood, and it won't break your bank. So anyway, come on out. We're here till 6 o'clock. As I mentioned, Team Talk, he's Sam Hauser. I'm Joe O'Neill. Sal Ortiz making a guest opinion out here, uh, appearance out here. So if you ever wonder what Silent Sal Sal look like, well, come on out to Santa Ana Star Casino Hotel, and he'll probably be hiding underneath the table by that time of of the afternoon. Okay, so anyway, Sam, you're uh, so we uh, we'll get back to your whole connection with uh, Joe Scott here uh, now. Are you, you you with me on that? Uh, yeah, I mean that that was that was pretty much just it, just tying everything together with the Lobos and Air Force and the fact that he was at Georgia. That that's really all it was. I got you. Okay, so uh, let's get to Richard Pitino on going uh, from the environment that they've had, the beneficial environment they had had, uh, and uh, to now going to uh, places where uh, I there's. Let me. It's not going to be a hundred percent hostile uh, there. If there's like two places where. 
you know, the uh, Cherry and Silver, like, could show up and, like, offset. It's these two games for sure. Uh and we'll see that on Saturday. I know Lobo fans will make the trip. And then even at San Jose State, because it doesn't take very many people to make uh, to be heard when you're playing at San Jose there State. Because that. That, okay, so that that's what I'm saying. If you're going to make an impact on the road in conference play. Get up to uh, Colorado Springs and get over there to San Jose. All right. So here's Coach Patino. That can be hard in itself as well. You know, I mean, Air Force is always very, very challenging. Uh, I think they took Colorado State into overtime. Um, so that system is, is hard. Um, we obviously had a, a key loss at their place last year. We got to be locked in. We got to be better at that. Um, so we got two on the road, right? We got San Jose in that. Um, we're going to have to bring our own energy because we're fortunate to be able to play in front of some amazing fans, some amazing crowds, and it'll be a different type of element. And uh, our guys got to be ready to go. They got to be ready to go, um, and you know, th- this is th- th- this front half of the schedule has uh, really given New Mexico, you know, some great opportunity here. Uh, just looking at things coming up and their next four games, like not to get way ahead of ourselves, but you know, you got Air Force and San Jose State amongst the the tougher uh, road game, uh, easier road games throughout the whole. Well, course depends of the on which way you look at it. With what? As far as easier or tougher, it, it's a it's a different kind of tough because you're you're playing in you're playing in gyms. You're not playing in arenas. You're you're playing in gyms. And I know at San, at San Jose State they have a, a name for it that that you know it actually gives off the impression that it's a basketball arena, but it is a different kind of tough where you have to create your own uh, you you have to create your own energy. You, you don't just get to feed off of that from the pit and. There's also the element of this where there's a lot more to lose. Unfortunately, in games like this, there's a lot more to lose than there is to gain. And I don't think these guys are going to put pressure on themselves. I mean, they've been to Air Force plenty of times. It's not an easy place to go, but they've been to Air Force plenty of times. But this is just not one that you can look at. And if if they have the mindset of, oh, it's Air Force, of course we should go win that game. That's where things get tough. And you cannot, you literally cannot lose these games. You can't. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, you can't think that playing uh, at Logan, Utah, could in any way be easier than this, like, because there's, uh, like, more fans and you have to get, I mean, this is, like, from a personnel standpoint, these are games where, like, to be a, a tournament team, like, you're right, that you got to gain your own adrenaline and, and, and stuff like that, but that's a lot of times easier than playing in front of, like, 10,400 fans, which they'll do in Boise, which they'll do in Logan, Utah. It can be. Uh, that, that's kind of like a psychology of an athlete thing that that might have to be its own segment one of these days. It's just two different kinds. Like We're talking about the same thing just in, in two very different ways. I, like, obviously, I understand it's tough to play in road environments like, like in Logan, like at Viejas. It, it's tough because everybody's piling on top of you in the same way that it's tough for teams to go in, especially if you fall behind. It's tough for teams to come into the pit and try to make a comeback. It's the same thing over there. This team does seem to be wired in such a way, especially with with Jalen House, case in point with the game at San Jose State last year where he views himself as this wrestling character. The difference is the environment, but the difference is also in the quality of opponent and where 
your focus is as far as like we've heard we, we've heard Coach Richard Patino bring up at times this year, the, and and these guys understand where yeah, it's not enough to just go win a game. I mean, you saw this really firsthand at the the tournaments in Vegas. It's not enough to just go win a game these days. The way that these ranking systems, the way that these analytics work in basketball, you got to go win by a bunch. And so they have that experience of knowing that that's the case. This is again, this is nothing new, but these are the games that you worry about. Like at least for me, these are the games that I worry about more than San Diego State, more than Boise State, more than Utah State. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. And uh, right now, this will be their fifth road game. They've played four, and they're one and three in road games. Law, win at New Mexico State, three losses. Uh, St. Mary's, CSU, and UNLV. Like, you know, you were talking about, like, this whole thing about being a a free-throw shooting team and be recognized as, a uh, like, a a bad free-throw shooting team. Does it lag and all this? And I was just like, man, it can can change and it becomes contagious. What you need to do with this road trip is get any of that hangover of, hey, they're great at home, but uh, they're like a question mark on the road. Now, the early information that we got, and it's not official out here, is that New Mexico is basically favored by about 9 or 10 points, is is expected to be favored by 9 or 10 points. Uh, so th- that, like right there, tells you there's a significant difference in personnel, and it's whatever uh, whatever it's going to take the to – like have them maybe not play as good as they do at home, but somewhere in the middle. They've shown it. Here's the thing too, Sam, is they have shown they can generate their own enthusiasm and stuff with these neutral court uh, dominating wins that they've had. They've played four neutral court games, which have no atmosphere, and I think they probably won by an average of like 18 or 20 points. So uh, that, that's it. It's it's like one of those things that's part of you know putting this puzzle together of trying to build – uh, this resume that will get people's attention here, you know, four weeks from now. And, like, this whole way it's set up, it's dangerous, yes, uh, but at the same time, uh, certainly manageable. Uh, that's kind of what I'm saying. No, And you're 100% right about the way that they just killed it out in Vegas in games where there's going to be less people there than there's going to be in, in <laughs> Colorado Springs tomorrow. Okay. The only difference is Air Force Uh-oh. knows you. That and I, I totally buy into that. Uh, he, the example of that was last year's game, and granted, New Mexico did not have Jalen House. But here's the thing about last year's game: is Morris Udeze, who had been pretty much eating pe- teams, uh, you know, uh, for lunch, uh, just eating teams up, and um, he, you know, plays uh, a total of uh, 32 minutes. He's two of four from the field, uh, and as, so he he was. Uh, it was a whole different type of defensive scheme. the uh, The thing about um, that I heard at one point, and I have no idea. And this is, by the way, the Princeton. They they run the the Princeton offense, and they run uh, like a, a zone, a matchup zone too, which I think was used. Pete Carrill was the name of the the guy that was at Princeton for 30 years, who Joe Scott played for. He actually later on even coached in the NBA. Sacramento Kings gave him a shot, like to run that masterful offense that he did with the back cuts and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, the one th- the zone that that Air Force runs 
runs, people have described to me as uh, like you're in a normal zone and when a cutter goes through, you let him go through and, and let your other guys pick uh, pick them up. In in Air Force's case, they, they actually have guys follow the cutters through and then adjust the zone from there. And when the balls go into the corner, you're just asking for trouble because somehow like they're there within an instant and they could get like those deflections and all that stuff. The good the te- the teams that have beaten Air Force uh, successfully consistently and coach is the ones that just don't give in to like shooting threes and just continually just taking it into the lane and forcing them to contest uh, your shots. Uh, they never ever hit the offensive glass too, Sam. Oh yeah. So like they're, they're already back on defense. So transition baskets, uh, you got to pretty much get those from turnovers or stuff like that so yeah it's always dangerous because it's such a unique thing no doubt about it uh it's kind of like Syracuse you know they get into the the tournament like uh, with a 500 season in the ACC why is that because those teams in that conference play them twice a a year and can figure it out they get in a tournament as a nine seed and they like make their way to the elite eight it seems why because they have a unique uh way of doing things and you're absolutely right uh Air Force more than any team in the league has that uniqueness. We can't explain it. We, we can explain it in generalities in terms of the Princeton offense and they work at their craft and, and they perfect it and they don't worry about what they should be doing or if anybody tells them about modern offense, modern this and that. It's like what we're seeing in the NFL this year. I mean, none of us can actually explain how... Joe Flacco became you know, uh, became this old this younger version of himself like he was in Baltimore and Cleveland got to the playoffs or how Pittsburgh seemed that was left for dead finished as strong as they did or Buffalo after the coaching changes but you're seeing what a difference that coaching makes if if I'm the Lo- and not that they need anybody to tell them this but if I'm the Lobos what uh, certainly you're going back and watching that game because even without Jalen House the thing that stands out so much is, yeah, you still have all these other guys, and you mentioned Mo's numbers, and they really weren't able to, to get him the ball as much as they would have liked. No, I, I'm watching the I'm watching the last three games, and I'm watching it what the differences were, especially on the other side of things. Like with UNLV, that was one of the biggest problems in that game was you couldn't get the ball down to JT and Nelly. Once you did in the last two against Utah State and San Diego State, they took care of business. They dominated. But it was a matter of getting them the ball in the first place and then sort of that 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 ripple effect of what it was doing to the rest of the offense. Yeah. Yeah, and the manner in which they were getting to them in a lot of cases. Plus, like, when you're just bigger than them and they still figure out how to way to defend you, you guys get frustrated. Yeah, boy, I, I'm looking at a couple of other things, uh, like from that game last year, just so people know. I mean, it was a Mountain West game. New Mexico comes into the game uh, 19-5 and overall and 6-5 and in conference. Uh, Air Force was, at the time, 3-9 and in conference. And, Air For- and no Jalen House, big, big asterisk on that. But Air Force beats them 89-77, to and, like, that whole Princeton offense thing that I was talking about, like apparently that worked to perfection in that game, particularly in the second half. I mean, uh, actually not even in particularly the air force. This is the whole game. That, it wasn't even that, that close. Right. The, the, you know, the, the air force was up seven at the half and outscored them by five in the second half, but for the game. All right. Air force shoots 66% from the field 
They're uh, like nine of 17 from three. So 53% there uh, and, you know, made 10 of 16 free throws. But like that, those shooting percentages from the field and from behind the three point line, if they come any close, even close to duplicating that on Sunday, then it's not going to matter. Uh, like that, that this this game will be close. I'm not saying Air Force is going to win, but like when Air Force is is running like those 20 you know plus seconds off the clock, and one guy who looks like he's got an open shot like pump fakes and takes two dribbles and then kicks to another guy who's got even a more open shot, and they're boom boom knocking down threes. Um, like yeah, they're they're answering, and like I said, they miss. They they're they're all nobody's there like trying to get an offensive rebound. It's like and they're all like sprinting back so they're set up so that when you do get the rebound, it's hard. To, to get any advantage there in number there's no numbers advantage I mean uh, you know that'll again come down to like whatever uh, strategy New Mexico has in place which we've seen the last couple of games have been like incredible uh, so we'll see what kind of plan because they want to keep the, the 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 pace of the game up I told you uh, we're they're expecting that the Lobos come out as a nine or a ten point favorite the total uh, like is uh, sitting right around 140 48 is what they said, uh, and again, these aren't available yet. So that that you're talking about a game that's got some pretty good pace to it, and uh, that means like that to me is kind of like two New Mexico's favor. Uh, like, but at the same time, like Air Force will bite you sometimes by having uh, some you know higher scoring games than you might. In fact, let's let's take a quick look here. Uh, in their last game, uh, the you know at the actually that was a, a low 60s game or mid 60s game at the end of regulation against CSU and their game against uh, CSU was high 60s. They only scored 54 against Nevada and only scored 60. So uh, like yeah that that I think is more a result of man they're just not getting good play from from you know the people on the Air Force Falcon team. We'll we'll get to that though because uh, at about 5:30 Carson Field with the Colorado Springs Gazette is going to join us. All right, we're here live at Legend Sportsbook. Sam, I'm just going to give you really quick uh, the numbers, and then we're going to get into much more of it later. So uh, the uh, the games on Saturday, uh, both games are still sitting at nine and a half. Uh, Ravens over uh, the Texans, the Niners over the uh, Packers. So they're both nine and a half. The difference is in the totals. Ravens thirty. Uh, 43 and a half uh, Ravens game, 50 and a half Niners game. Move to Sunday, uh, and we're giving you the latest numbers from Legends Sportsbook here at Santa Ana Star Casino Hotel. Lions are favored by six and a half over Tampa. The total in that game, 49 and a half. And now, uh, Bills are uh, favored by two and a half, uh, down from as, as high as maybe four at different times, I think. Um, and it's down to two and a half. And I have a feeling that Sam's going to tell us about those injury issues that are going on with the Bills. But the Buffalo is still two and a half point favorite. And the total in that game is 45 and a half. All right. Uh, coming up next, we have the first domino to fall when it comes to head coaching changes in the NFL. We'll tell you that when we come back. Team Talk, Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, ESPN Radio 1017, the team.